Good morning, everyone. Morning. Well, Jesus is Lord. Amen. I'm so glad this morning to have the privilege and the opportunity to get up and say, Jesus, you are alive and well in my heart and my life. How about you? You know, God is so good, and I'm so grateful and thankful for all of his goodness, for his love and for his mercy. He is, his mercy, the Bible says, is new every morning. So I got up this morning with new mercy. God's helping me, and I believe he's going to be helping you today as we reach out and worship the Lord. Are you ready? Well, I am. I was listening to a song, you know, I've had praise and worship on this week. And one of the songs that really ministered to me is that I am your beloved. Wow. So we are God's beloved. And the words go like this. It's only by your kindness that I have inherited such radical grace. You've seen the war-torn places in my heart, but you never walk away. You never walk away. You call me your beloved. You call me your friend. You go before me in the battle, stand beside me till the end, and you know my every failure, what I've done and where I've been. Still, you call me your beloved, and you call me your friend. Wow. And I just, that song just ministered to me this week because there's so many people that don't know how much they're loved by the Heavenly Father. They go around and thinking of the things that they used to do, and they think that they can't be loved, but we are so loved by our Heavenly Amen. Father, especially when we come into the throne room of grace and start praising our Heavenly Father. He looks down and says, there's my child. There's my beloved that is giving me praise today. So I want us, as we enter in today, to give God his praise. Amen. 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 Would you just stand on your feet with us and you that are home or in your car, wherever you may be viewing us this morning, uh, or whether you're watching a replay of this, we just want to enter into the presence of God. We were in the back praying in a, one of our rooms there earlier today with some of the people that's part of the, making this happen. And as we pray, we ask for God to anoint you, the, the viewers, the people here in church, and also those that's helped leading this service, whatever they may be doing, whether in the control room or on a camera or greeting, whatever it is that anyone does, we just, and the sound, of course, everything is important because we do this not to lift up our name, but to lift up the name of Jesus. And as she said, we are a friend of God. And so when we come in, knowing that we're his friend, and that he's our friend. Yes. I mean, that gives me peace. Yes. And I want us to see right here in this room the glory of God to come down so strong. And as we enter into his presence, let's just believe God that anything that's in our minds or hearts that she mentioned in the past, it'll just melt away. And the glory of God will overshadow us and we'll see who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity and privilege to come into the throne room of grace. And we do this according to your word in Hebrews 4, where it says, let us therefore come with boldness and confidence 
we're here today in your presence with this group of people here in church, those that's abroad somewhere. Bless them, minister to them, use us, bring us together in the spirit. Even though we're in separate places from this room to where they are, bring us together in one mind, one accord, that your word will go forth, that the anointing of God will destroy every yoke, break every fetter, and that your goodness will reign in our hearts and lives today as we worship you. Amen. Amen. Give him a great big shout and hand clap of praise. Come on. Amen. Are you ready? Let's go into the presence of God. Well, let the glory of the Lord
Come on, let's worship him. Let's worship him. Give him a praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nothing like the presence of God. Psalm 16 and 11. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know... I remember when I was a kid, just 15 years of age, gave my heart to Jesus. I remember going down to the altar, and you know, we don't have altars in churches anymore, it's okay as long as we have the same concept of repenting. And I remember going to the altar, it was a huge church, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I surrendered my life to Jesus. And you know, I was raised in a Pentecostal home and saw lots of Christian things happening and taking place. But there was nothing, there was nothing like when I gave my heart to Jesus. When I gave my life to Jesus. I didn't have to watch anymore. I didn't have to just listen anymore. But now I was a part. And I'll never forget that night hearing God's voice saying, I want you to be my servant. I want you to go around the world and preach the gospel. He was a gentleman, young, young man, rather, just 18 months my senior, that had a mighty anointing on his life, could memorize a whole book within minutes. I mean, it was incredible, the mind he had. But he walked over and put his arm around me and began to pray with me. And I looked up at him, tears streaming down my face, and I said, and I knew who he was. Of course, he was the youth pastor. Back in those days, things happened a little earlier sometimes than they do today. But I said, I need your help. I'm called into the ministry. And he embraced me and stood with me helped me for years. And as God began to prosper and bless our ministry, you know, it's something how there's someone that God uses and mightily and you look up to them and then the time came. God began to bless us over the years and our ministry rose and then I began to be his hero. That didn't happen intentionally. And then he went on to be with Jesus. But I look back at the people that God has put in my life. Oh, thank God for the people that he's put in my life that's been there when I've needed them. And I hope that God lets me be that to someone else. And I want to be that today, is that person that you need. And it's only God working through me, not Don Clowers the person, but the God in Don Flowers that's ministering today. So I want us to raise our hands, close our eyes, and I'm going to ask them, let's worship God one more time in this song. Would you do this one more time, David and Karen? Thank you, Jesus.
Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, shed his blood, that we might have your life now. We're so grateful when we make mistakes, when we do wrong. You're just so kind and loving, and sometimes it's hard to understand your love. You're so good. You're so gracious to us. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And help us today to have greater revelation of your love and how you're embracing us this very moment. Thank you, Lord. Look at somebody and smile real big and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. You may be seated now if you can. Amen. 
I'd like to send out a, uh, a good shout to one of our partners and friends that's been a partner for many years. I hope she's watching. Her name's Darlene from over in Mississippi. And recently, her husband passed on to be with the Lord. Benji went home to be with Jesus. And I know that she's probably struggling today. And uh, Darlene, if you're watching, I want you to know you're in our hearts. You're in our life. We're praying for you. I prayed for you this morning. And just believe in God if you're watching, if you watch later, that he's touching you and blessing you and giving you the strength to walk through this valley. You know, sometimes when our loved ones go on before it's time, or we think it's time, we don't understand it, and it's tough. But you know, Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. So they've gone on to their reward, but we're here. And it's not hard for them because they've entered into the presence of God. It's you and me that's got to say, Lord, we're going to trust you no matter what. So darling, we're praying for you, dear. And so you just hold your head up and be encouraged the best you can. Amen? Amen. Are you blessed today? Well, we're so glad to have our friend Mike Francine with us, world evangelist that traveled the world, led so many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only has he led them to the Lord Jesus Christ, but he has seen signs, wonders, and miracles as thousands of people have gathered together. And we've been visiting, and he's been here with us, and we've uh, joined our friend uh, uh, Rambaba from India, who's been preaching and ministering this week over in uh, Louisville. And my, what a mighty man of God is in town, and I was introduced to him by <clears throat> Mike Francine. And so, Mike, we're so glad to have you here. So come on up and just greet our, our audience this morning. Everybody, let's welcome Mike Francine. Pretty happy today. Yes. People might write you off, but you don't have to read what they've written. Let them have their opinions. You know, I was, Don said, hey, would you come and just share maybe a, a few minutes before the offering today? And, and I thought, God, and I remember back in the early 1980s, I was in Nigeria with Bensonita Hosa, and, um, and Brother Kenneth Copeland was there. <clears throat> and I had the privilege of sitting down after uh, one of our, our meals. Brother Copeland said, Mike, he said, come over and talk to me for a minute. And he, he said, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm an evangelist. I said, I'm going from here to India to do a crusade. And he said, well, how do you pay for that? I said, well, I'm back in the States. I said, I preach. I go and preach in different churches. When I get enough money, I go do a crusade. And this is what he said. It was like yesterday, verbatim. He said, he said man, he said, you're going to kill yourself doing it like that. <laughs> and he, he said, do you want to know how to finance your ministry for the rest of your life? I said, yes, sir. He said, right now, make it your primary purpose to give. And that impacted me. In fact, when I got back from India, there was a check in, in my mailbox from Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and he supported me every single month for 33 years. And then I started seeing everything that he did to give. I had determined at that time I was going to make it my primary purpose to give. 
to give till it hurts, and sometimes it hurts so good. And I remember it was about 28 or 30 years ago. Uh, Teal and Daisy Osborne were my very dear friends, and and、uh, I invited Teal and Daisy to come back to India. They hadn't been there in 30 years. And I said, Teal and, and Daisy, I said, I want to, I want to pay for you. I'm going to fly you over. I'm going to pay for the crusade. I'm going to do all you don't have. I'm not taking anything from you. I just want to do this. And he said, Okay. And、uh, I set the budget at fifty thousand dollars. And at that time, that was like fifty million dollars to me. I thought, Oh God, because I had twelve other crusades I was doing that year. And so I set my budget at fifty thousand dollars, and we were going to do a five-day crusade. And I thought,、well, I'm going to fly Teal and Daisy over there in business class. And then I heard Teal in a conversation on a phone. He said, "Yeah, after after these fifty years of ministry, he said, Daisy and I only fly fly first class." I thought, Dear Jesus. <laughs> so I contacted my travel agent because for the the business class tickets for those two was going to be seventy five hundred dollars. And I thought, Jesus. So I called my travel agent. First class was fifteen thousand dollars. But dear Jesus, <laughs> and Tiaf said, he said, Mike, I'm going to help you. I said, No, I've dedicated. I've decided. I'm going to pay for this. And so while we were talking during the next few weeks, he said, Mike, let's not do five days. Let's do ten days. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm putting them up in this、uh, beautiful hotel suite. So I'm thinking, Oh God, we've just extended this. And then he said, Mike, he said. You know, let's do also a women's conference and a minister's conference. <laughs> and, and he said, he said,、uh, let's do a week each. And so now we're going from a week in the hotel to a ten-day crusade, and then the following week a minister's conference, the following week a pastor's conference or a women's a pastor's conference. And so I'm I'm seeing dollar signs. And, and then he, he said, Mike, he said, I don't like to do meetings. Unless we're giving away books, let's give away a hundred thousand books. I'm thinking, oh God! <laughs> and so my budget goes from fifty thousand to sixty to seventy to eighty thousand dollars. I didn't know how I was going to come up with the fifty thousand dollars, and it hurt, Pastor Don. It hurt. And, and then, then we put a five thousand dollar deposit on the、uh, government building for the women's conference. And two months before the crusade, it burned down to the ground. They didn't give me my deposit back. And so now this this thing started growing. A hundred thousand, a hundred and twenty thousand. Teal kept saying, "Mike, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you." I said, "No, I'm going to do it." I said it with my mouth, but my mind is thinking, "I don't know how I'm going to do this." But I made it my primary purpose to give. And we went there, and it went to a hundred and thirty thousand, a hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars. I didn't know I was going to come up with the fifty thousand. Now it's a hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars doing the, the the books and the conferences and, and everything else. When that crusade was over, it ended up being the biggest crusade. T.L. told me this that he'd ever had in the history of his ministry. Ten-day crusade, over two hundred fifty thousand people there. We had about eight thousand in the ministers' conference, about eight thousand in the women's conference.、We、gave away one hundred and ten thousand books and fifty thousand Bibles. And when that crusade was over, I refused to let T.L. and Daisy pay anything. Pastor Sharon, I don't know where the money came from. When I left India, it was 100% paid for, 137,000. In fact, when I left India, I had $7,000 in my pocket, and all bills were paid. And when I got back to the States, I went out and bought me a Yamaha Virago, and I just cruised for a week on my motorcycle. <laughs> and it hurt, 
But it hurts so good because after that, because I made it my primary purpose to give. And after that, God exploded the finances of my ministry. We've had close to $50 million come through my ministry, and I've given it all away. Make it your primary purpose to give. That's how I supported my ministry all these years. Genesis 8, 22. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. That's God's principle. You want God to bless your life? You want God to finance your life, your ministry, your business, your family? Make it your primary purpose to give. I've proven it. And then I went on and, and I was... I was T.L. Osborne's biggest monthly supporter for many years. And those, those words that Brother Copeland spoke to me, Mike, this is how you're going to finance your ministry. Make it your primary purpose to give. And there's some of you that are watching right now that are in ministry, beginning in ministry. You want to know how to finance your ministry for the rest of your life? Make it your primary purpose to give. Some of you right now that are watching... And some of you that are here right now, you need to do something special in this offering right now. Do something special to give. You want to finance your ministry, your business, your life, your family? Make it your primary purpose to give. And I want to challenge some of you. There's ministers that are watching right now around the world. Finance your ministry by giving today. And right now they're going to put up the, the ways you can give to Experience Life Church. You can send tithes, offerings, go to elglobal.church, and there's ways you can give there. But I want to ask you to do something special today. Not just for this church, not for Pastors Don and Sharon, but for your life, for your future, for your forever. Make it your primary purpose to give. So you, you can go right now to the, the information that's on the screen, and, and you can send your tithes, your offerings, and everything. Pastors Don and Sharon, I love you. I honor you. You are a champion in, in the faith to many people around the world, including myself. Blessings. Amen. Give him a praise, everybody. Amen. Thank you, Mike. And you here in the building that want to bring your tithes and offerings down here now, just go ahead and bring them down as uh, God has blessed you and sometimes given faith. What a, what a exhortation that was about our giving. I'm so grateful um, for the exhortation and you that are given. You know, um, last week I asked you to pray about and help, and some of you did, and some people online did, the people in Ukraine. Yeah. You know, that's a sad situation. Many of the people in Ukraine that I know, that I've personally been in church with, that we have had fellowship together in the Ukraine, my wife and I, many of them escaped, <clears throat> some of them this week, and you helped them escape. And you were feeding them, and you were giving them a place to, to sleep, you that are watching. So if we have a few of those pictures that we could um, put up right now, 
Uh, that's a, a room where some of the food had been put in a bag to give out. Uh, there, of course, they're, they're giving things out to some families there. And this is where a place is provided. Some of the refugees are in Moldova. This is the next country over of where this is happening, where it's taking place. As they go through the pictures, uh, you can see there's another place there. This gentleman there with no hair. <laughs> uh, he is my friend that oversees this. And he also not only gives them food and a place to stay, but he's given them books in Russian, Russian language, to tell them about Jesus. There again, uh, there is showing them where they're given the, the food. And there's another place where they're gathered together. And uh, this precious lady there, it is something else to see somebody like this receive help. Um, and this picture right here is two brothers, two grown brothers that got separated and didn't know where they were. They had no idea of where one went and where the other. And actually, anyone <clears throat> is not supposed to leave the Ukraine that's 18 to 60 years of age. But somehow they got out. They're in Moldova. Uh, I don't know where they are at the moment, but they embraced there. They found themselves together there. And the gentleman that sent me these pictures that we sent the money to, there's another place there where they're uh, helping and they're talking. Of course, some are eating, looking at their phone. But anyway, you've been a blessing to, to many people. And I want to thank you so much for helping these people do what we did uh, this past week in ministering to people. You know, our work here is small, but it's large around the world by the help of the people that uh, help me. Now, I have a friend here with me this morning. Actually, I met him also through Mike Francine. And our friend that I have this morning is another minister, been in Peru. I don't know what all he's doing. He's on a, net, a broadcasting network, WBN, uh, uh, w, WFBN. Have broadcast his, his meetings on, on that network. And so, Eric, stand up and let us just honor you this morning and bless you. Thank you for coming and being and supporting our ministry. Amen? You know, uh, it's amazing how, how, God will, how God will just put people at the right place at the right time to take care of us and supply the needs. Sometimes we get down to the last place. And, you know, I just, I just say, God, you're in control. And he somehow comes through for us. If you'll give me just a moment. Uh, I, I do this electronically or by my messages this way. Mike says I don't trust those, so I prep mine out. Uh, and maybe I need to go do that, but mine, I just lost it. So if you'll bear with me for a moment. Uh, I'll find my, my place again and uh, so I can preach to you. I can do it whether I, I do this or not. I can do it. But again, I have something fresh that I want to share with you today. And I just found it. Thank the Lord. Anyway, it's good always to have something fresh from heaven. Amen. Amen. And you know, uh, I was so blessed to hear what Mike had to say 
uh, how he started and how he blessed ministers. And Mike, is that 92 or 94 cars you've given away? 94, 94 cars he has given away. And, you know, I, I, I'm just grateful to be connected with people like Eric that are givers and, and, and men and women of God and our friend Rambaba who is, they call him Rambo, has been in town this week and has one of the largest ministries in India. And now he's been here, and tonight he's closing. Anybody want to go to that meeting? You that's watching it, and you happen to be in the area. I don't know where it's broadcast on, but it's being broadcast live, I think. But anyway, it's just good to have friends. Can you say amen? Especially that are givers. Amen. Well, today I want to talk again about being still and knowing and that God is always God and learning how to hear his voice in troubled or difficult times. You know, when everything is going well, it's easy to recognize what we should do or what we want to do. But when the pressure is on, sometimes it's difficult to know what to do. And you know, as well as I know, the last two years, not only, not only you and your personal family, but the world has been in chaos and confusion. As I just mentioned, and we just saw a little bit of evidence, and I, I, didn't, I got other pictures I could show you that I didn't want to bring to you, not from the news, but from my friend, uh, and from people that's actually in the Ukraine still that are communicating with us, and those in Moldova that are communicating, and even Romania, another friend of mine in in, in Romania that actually from Romania supports our ministry every month. It's not a lot, but from Romania, uh, whatever it is, it, it, it helps. Can you say amen? amen? And so they had 40 people that they were taken from the Ukraine and now they just left. Uh, they just left this morning early, uh, Romanian time. They left early to move on into Germany. And you know, I'm telling you, folks, sometimes we hear, we hear about what's happening in the world. We were affected by COVID, but at the same time, we're not affected like many people in the world is. So we need to be grateful that God has let us live right here in the United States of America. You know, confusion, problems has brought so much fear to a lot of people. Some are afraid of COVID. Some people are still afraid to go to church. I appreciate all you that's watching. Some are locally watching, and I love you, and thank you for being a part of our church. But you know, we, not, we, we need not, no longer, to let the devil keep us afraid of coming into the house of God. If you're going to go get your food, and I say this once again, I say this if you're going to go buy your food or go into a restaurant, but somehow you're afraid to come into the house of God and sit next to a saint of God, a child of God, I want you to, to stand up and say, I'm getting back in the house of God. I'm telling you in worship this morning, the presence of God was so strong here in, in, in the worship service. And I don't know what's going to happen before we're over today. But I'm telling you one thing. God is going to touch somebody and he's going to break some yokes and destroy some fetters and things that has come against you. And this is your day. This is your hour to rise up and say, I'm not going to be living in fear any longer. 
You know, uh, I, I know this has caused many people to be fearful of their financial future. And some of those that are fearful have cut back on their giving. Pastor Sharon and I have not cut back on our giving. We have not in any way whatsoever cut back on our giving, our tithe. I know people don't tithe, and I know people don't give, and I, I'm not the judge over that. And I love people that do and that do, people that don't because I, I just am the messenger. That's all I am. I'm the messenger. But you know what? We decided, we decided almost 60 years ago it will be at the end of this month. Wow. Sixty years. Hmm. Kind of got my attention there. <laughs> kind of went back to 60 years ago when that black-headed young girl came into my life and I was so overwhelmed with emotion. That's all I could see. But, you know, when we settled the settled down and realized this is a serious thing. This is way beyond emotion. And we made a commitment that we'd always love God. We'd always love each other. We'd always be a tither and a giver. And you know, there's been many times that we had to take from whatever we had to, to do our tithe and to do the offering. But you know what? God somehow makes a way where there is no way. Can you say amen? Amen. I mean, I could stand up here and tell you stuff that God has done in these 60 years when, when we've been, when we slept under the tent, <laughs> when we slept in the car and, and Tammy was just a little baby and the places where we've had to sleep and, 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 and I'll never forget in Portsmouth, Ohio, uh, we, we were staying in the Sunday school room of the church and, and it was cold, and it was snow on the ground. I, I think six or seven, eight inches of snow, and it was cold. And in that little old room, it was, a, a, it was just a small Sunday school room with a tap in the middle, and, and it had a gas heater in it and a half bed for Pastor Sharon, Tammy, and myself. And then it had a refrigerator in there. And, and then the bathroom was downstairs in the cold without any heat on it and no shower. So you figure it out. We lived through it. And I remember, though, this lady coming to church and she said, Oh, I've been thinking about you and your little sweet wife. She said, I've had these beans in the refrigerator for about three weeks. They may be sour, so be careful. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring them to you. So... You know, we've been there. We've done that. But you know what? That never stopped us or caused us to get bitter or to get weary. We just said, Jesus, we're your servants. We're going to stand and we're going to declare your word regardless of what happens or what takes place. Yes. Amen? Yes. You know, I could tell you stories of being in Asheville, Asheville North Carolina. We, we went in and set up and... We looked for apartments, see, but we couldn't afford hotels. So we looked for an apartment and finding a, a furnished apartment to, to rent with a child sometimes was not always easy. Uh, I remember, I'll, I'll do the, the uh, Asheville story in a minute. Let me go back to Charleston or Huntington, West Virginia. We were looking for an apartment there and this lady, I mean, we've been looking all day in West Virginia, Huntington, and I remember going and looking at the paper ads, and we'd go, and they'd say, well, we don't take children, we don't take children. I said, well, I only have one. And, and so <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget 
We'd been all day and I was so exhausted <clears throat> and I went to this lady and I knocked on the door and, and I said, I'm answering the ad and she said, well, I, I don't take children. I said, well, do you take dogs? She said, yes, we do. We take dogs, but we don't take kids. I said, okay, I'll kill my daughter and go get me a dog. <laughs> she said, oh, no, please don't do that, please. I said, lady, I'm not serious. <laughs> she said, you can have the apartment. <laughs> So some people don't know what it's like to be in the ministry. I mean, she, I, I guess she took that uh, I was serious, but I was only trying to be humorous in a moment uh, when, when I was hurting so badly. And then we went to Asheville, North Carolina from there, and we looked and looked and we couldn't find a place. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget, we finally found this old, uh, it, that was for rent, I, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it's an old trailer. They, I mean, they was the ugliest things you could ever see in your life that you pull behind a truck or a, or a car. You, how many understand what I'm trying to explain here? I don't even know how to explain it. It was so ugly. And, and when we went in, pardon me, it was so filthy. My wife said, I am not staying here. I said, well, we've looked all over the city. There's nothing here. This is all the money we got. And I don't know. It was 25 or $30 a week. I don't know what it was. And so uh, I, I said, well, we just got to take this. She said, well, you're taking me to the store, and we're going to get bleach. And we got bleach. We got every cleaning thing that we could do, but with just a little bit of money we had. I'm telling you, she scrubbed, and, and I worked on the meeting, and, and I was down straightening chairs and doing everything thing I needed to do and she was cleaning and, and cleaning and cleaning and I come back in and I said whoo this smells better and she said yeah and it's going to stay that way and don't you be bringing anything in here but after I've cleaned this mess up but you know we look back at those things we didn't know we were poor we didn't know we didn't have anything we didn't know anything else except God we're on our way to help somebody to preach the word of God now, I, I, I know, let me get back to my message. We're, we're right now in a place in the United States of America and probably the world, but inflation's at a 30-year high. I mean, I, I go to the gas station and my car, it's double filling it up from what it was just almost a year ago. And folks, you know, you could get in fear, but I'm not in fear. God said, Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. Can you say amen? amen? So to me, this is not a time to run and hide. This is not a time to be afraid. This is a time to be still and say, I know you're God and my trust is in you. You know, I read the scripture last week, but it bears repeating because it doesn't change. The world changes. People change. They build buildings. They tear them down. They build new ones in their place. But the word of God never changes. Pro Proverbs 3 and 5. Lean on. <laughs> Lean on. Trust in. Be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In other words, that scripture is saying, be still and know that I'm God. Now, I want to say again, trust in God is not giving in to your feelings. Is it not ignoring your feelings 
or the reality that you're in at the moment. It's not pretending that everything's okay when it isn't. Trusting is living a life, trusting God is living a life of belief in and obedience to God, even when it's difficult. Now, I explained just a few of the little things, but we were so young, we didn't know it was difficult. We just thought that was the way life was in ministry. And now that things have changed, you know, we don't have to live like that. But it's in another dimension of still trusting God. Yes. We trusted God. We were young. We were poor. We didn't have anything. But now trusting God in this situation that we're in in the world is even more difficult than it was when we were traveling from city to city, carrying our goods in the car. That's the only goods we had was what we could carry in the car. And we did this until we had our third child. And when we had our third child, she said, it's time for me to stop, put our, our kids in a, a safe environment. And we happened to be, living, be in Tampa, Florida at the time, and uh, that's, that's where we had our first uh, rental house. We had no furniture, but it was fun, and it was a little Jim Walters home. Some of you might not know what a Jim Walters home was, but it was a little simple Jim Walters home that we rented. And little by little, we got some little bit of furniture here, and a little bit of furniture there, a little bit of furniture. And you know what? God began to supply the need. And then I remember God blessing us, and we bought our first home. I'll never forget, we thought we had gone to heaven. <laughs> we really did. I don't remember the square footage of the home, uh, but, it, but it was uh, a brand new home, a brand new subdivision, <clears throat> and it was uh, $15,000. Three bedrooms, two baths, terrazzo floors. Oh, we thought, oh, we're in heaven. Now, she, she had a nice, her parents had a nice home in Canada, so, you know, she wasn't used to the lifestyle she took on when she married me. She didn't know that she's going to go to, uh, you know, uh, when she married me, she, she was in, infatuated with me, and she didn't know where I was going to take her to. So she had to get her own relationship with God because she knew Don Clowers wasn't taking care of her the way her mom and daddy took care of her. But, you know, we bought that first home, $15,000, $500 down, and a hundred and something dollars a month was the mortgage. <clears throat> I will never forget. We thought we were in heaven. I was preaching and God was supplying the need. But then the Lord said, it's time to move on. I said, move on, God. We just got settled. First house we ever had. And it's beautiful. You know, it had a brick front and had concrete blocks around. And by the, by the way, my wife and I, uh, just a, <clears throat> not even a year ago, we were down in Tampa visiting with uh, a friend there. It was his 60th birthday party. And uh, we drove by that house. It was on 10925 29th Street in Tampa, Florida right near Bush Gardens. We drove by that house, and, and of course, that's been 50-something years ago, and looked at that house. We said, thank you, Jesus, for that house. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us that house, but thank you that we don't live here anymore. 
because it has changed a lot in 50-something years. I almost didn't recognize it. I had to look at the numbers several times because it's now got a fence around it because these people want a bit. Well, anyway, I'll go on. But you know what? I look back at these years and see how we started, and it was all in trust in God. It was all believing that God would keep his word to us. You know, sometimes when we're going through things, our emotions tries to, to take over and keep us in fear and worry. I believe you can identify with what I'm saying. And you know, fear and worry bring stress and pressure. And this is where Satan wants any one of us to get and to stay because when we're in fear or we're under pressure and stress, we become imprisoned. And we can't hear the voice of God when we're imprisoned. And God does not want us to stay there and be there. And he's made it available that we don't have to be. But that's exactly where Satan wants us to be. See, when you're in fear and worry, you're resting on your own strength. You're relying on your own strength. You're not relying on God. But you're entertaining the thoughts of what could happen to you. And, and when you entertain the thoughts of what could happen to you in the negative, you lose sight of God's goodness to you. You know, when we have deadlines, or you've been to the doctor and he said, I had to take a biopsy, and you're waiting the results, what happened? You get under pressure because you're being tortured and bombarded with bad thoughts of what's the results going to be. I'm not criticizing that. I'm not speaking down about that. I'm only giving you reality. I told you that trusting God is not denying the fact that you have feelings and that you have emotions. We do. So we need to acknowledge that. But God is greater than our feelings and our emotions. How many times have you heard me say our feelings does not have any intelligence? Our feelings are trying to take us down the wrong road. See, you become paralyzed with fear because your emotions, Satan himself wants you to think the worst thing that could happen in the results or the report that's going to come back. Well, I'm not criticizing what happens. I'm just saying we don't have to stay in those feelings. I just want to be honest with you. For the past several weeks, my faith has been on trial greater than it has been in a long time. I have wrestled with keeping positive thoughts, trying my best not to allow my emotions to lead me. I've been praying in the Spirit. I've been making a lot of faith declarations. You know, we have a, a lady that gets on the Zoom prayer meeting on Thursday night. And by the way, that Zoom prayer meeting sometimes is just absolutely wonderful. Thank you, David and Lynn, for helping me with this. David Carpenter and Lynn Thomas. Lynn, I don't know if you're watching right now in Virginia, but you're so such a blessing to our ministry. But 
they, they took the prayer meeting for me this week. But we got a lady in Canada that attended, she and her husband attended one of my revivals in Toronto where we had eight months of revival. Eight months of revival with hundreds of people in the morning and hundreds at night. And the place was packed and jammed. But she's been on the prayer meeting with us lately. And she gets a big uh, uh, shofar. And, and she, she'll make some declarations and blow that shofar. She's not the best shofar player that I've ever heard. But at the same time, she is blowing that shofar and decla making declarations that we hear the voice of God. Amen. Amen. But I've been doing my best to stay in peace and to keep the pressure from Satan causing me to fear. Now, you've heard me talk about my age a lot of times, and my wife's always saying, John, don't tell them. Don't tell them how old you are. They, they don't care. Just, just don't worry about that. Uh, uh, just, just don't talk about your age. And so I, I try to listen to her, and I get up here, and I start talking about it. I'm not worried about my age, but listen, I've never actually thought about being 79 and, and how I should feel or how things should be. I've never thought about that until lately because of some expected things that's happened in the ministry here and this building. It's unexpected that's happened. We didn't expect it. And it affects me as the pastor because I'm the one that the responsibility falls on and my name is the one that's on the, on the, on the contract <clears throat> that we will pay. Not yours, not anybody else's, and I'm not complaining here, just explaining. So, you know, and it's a three-year three contract and it increases every year. Increases this year, increases next year. And, and you know... I, Never have I thought about age in signing a contract. <laughs> Satan has tried to torment me over my age of signing the contract for more and for the years. But you know what? He's tried to bombard me with negative thoughts because of my age. And you know, but God just somehow supplies the need. I hardly know Eric Jones. I hardly know him. He's a great great man that I know him through a friend and I've, I've, I've been best blessed to be around him but yesterday on the phone he said Pastor Don I'm going to help somebody say thank you Jesus I'm going to help you know what whatever you do I'm not asking anybody to do anything right now I'm only telling you what Satan tried to do to me but somehow I know God will make a way. If it doesn't come from here, if you don't feel led to do anything, if you're not a giver, that's your choice, not mine. I'm going on. I've been doing it now for 60, 64 years. And so why back down now? Why slow down now? Amen? I've been praying in the Spirit. I've been quoting scriptures. And this is one that I quote often. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You know, I, when I read this and quote it, I think about the sheep. I think about the sheep. 
that have so much uh, wool on their bodies. And when the shepherd is leading them, if the water is rushing, they won't drink from it. <clears throat> but they have to go to a place where the, the water is peaceful. It's not stirring. And they can see the reflection of themselves in the water. And when they can see the reflection of themselves in the water, then they drink from the water. You lead me beside the still waters. That's what God does. And he's beginning to steal me over these last few days. Because I just said, God, it's in your hands. It's not mine. I've done all I know to do in the negotiating that I know how. And I've run up against a brick wall. I don't want to call a man a brick wall. But, but you know, it's a brick wall. And I know one thing, even though it's been a brick, brick wall in the mindset, God is still God. What's going on in Russia? You know, there's brick walls of mindsets there with leaders. But you know what? God is still God. He said, He restores my soul. That means if you, He's restoring, He's giving back something that's been taken. So He said, I'm restoring your soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. I know, God, you're leading me for your name's sake. You're not leading me just for my good. You're leading me for your good. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. There really is a valley of the shadow of death in Israel. Fifteen feet wide at its uh, entrance, 18 inches narrow at its uh, shortest or smallest area. But the shepherds have to lead the sheep through the valley of the shadow of death. The shepherd goes first. He takes the crook. And then he takes the rod. That's what it is. It's a, it, the, the staff. It's a, it's a crook on one end. And a hard um, piece of uh, a camel's hide. Filled with sand. Tied up and baked into the sun. And becomes hard. So when the shepherd goes through. If there's animals or anything there to hurt the sheep. He's knocking them out of the way. So that the sheep can pay, come through the valley of the shadow of death. And take them to table land. And when he takes them to table land. That's the place of where other enemies are. But a lot of people don't realize those significance of this but at table lamb there were snakes and there were other animals there knowing that the sheep would come and so they were waiting but the shepherd goes with the rod and he kills the snakes and he gets everything out of the way he said you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies oh folks tell me tell me today God is doing something that we can't see sometimes don't let your emotions cause you to get into he said you anoint my head with oil wow let him anoint you in the presence of your enemies and let your cup full be full and run over and then he said surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever surely Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to stay in the presence of the Lord forever. <clears throat> you know, I, I read about 
an entertainer that was in a setting and and um, some people asked him, they said, he was an entertainer and said, would you recite a bit of Shakespeare or do a part of the Dickens? And the actor said, okay. And he recited it beautifully, full of emotion, conviction. Everyone claps and whistles and yells when it's all finished because it was so well done. But there happened to be a gentleman there that said, what about the 23rd Psalm? The actors looked at him and he said, okay, I'll do that if you'll do it with me. So the actor did it. Everybody thought, this is so eloquent. It was so nice. But after a while, it came the other gentleman's turn to sit there. And, and as he began to quote the 23rd Psalm, people looked and they were mesmerized by this gentleman quoting the 23rd Psalm. People couldn't move because it was so powerful, this nobody quoting the 23rd Psalm. So finally someone said to the actor, yours was eloquent, it was wonderful, but this is powerful, we're mesmerized. What's the difference? He said, I know how to, I know how to quote the 23rd Psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Yes. Wow. Do you know the shepherd today? My sheep know my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. There are many things that I could say today about fear, how it comes, and I will try to get into that later. But one of the biggest lies in the world is your own fear. The biggest lie that Satan can tell you is your own fear of what could happen. And Job said... In Job 3.25, he said, I've always feared, what I have always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. Just remember, when Satan tries to bring fear in your life, remember Hebrews 13 and 6, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. I want to say this morning, be still and know that He is God. Yes. You know, I often say a lot about faith and walking in the will of God. But I just love to go through the scriptures and think about what Jesus is. And the Bible tells me that He's the lily of the valley, He's the bright and the morning star. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Amen? Yeah. He's the bright morning star, the rose of Sharon, the light of eternity. Yeah. He's an oasis in the desert, yeah. a path in the wilderness, yeah. a gale of sweet spices from heaven. He's brighter than the sunlight, louder than the thunder, 
faster than the lightning, higher than the highest mountain, lower than the lowest valley, wider than the Atlantic, and deeper than the Pacific. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning, the end, the first, the last. He is our rock, our sword, our shield. He's the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Samson. Oh, the glory on Moses' face, the fourth man in the fiery furnace. He's the love of John, the holiness of Paul, the power of Peter. No, I didn't get this from Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts quotes it and says it different. No, this is what the Bible says he is. He's the humility of Stephen, the boldness of Elijah, and the coals that touch the lips of Isaiah. He's the obedience of Gideon, the bravery of Joshua, the stone that was in David's sling. He's the angel that led Israel. He's the cloud and the day and the pillar of fire in the night. He's the stone in Daniel's mountain and Ezekiel's will in the middle of the will. Now you may think I'm just quoting some things. I did and read some of them that I have written down years and years ago when I was a young evangelist as I began to go through the Bible and as I began to write these down. Actually, I have about five pages. I'm only giving you just a little nugget this morning of what God revealed to me as a young evangelist. And I think on these things. But it, it is not just words that I'm speaking to you. He's actually the creator of the Atlantic and the Pacific. He was there in the beginning. He's there today. He's the first and he's the last. He is our rock. He's our sword. He's our shield. So I'm not just saying things that sounds good. He's the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Samson the love of John, the meekness of Moses. Think about that. The holiness of Paul, the power of Peter. That's what he is. When Peter saw Jesus and he stepped out of the boat. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he said, he said to Jesus, if that's you, Jesus, come. Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the boat. And what happened? He looked at the waves. He looked at what was happening instead of looking at Jesus. When he looked at what was happening instead of looking at Jesus, he started going under the water. But he said, save me. You know, Jesus saved him. Now, we don't know. The scripture doesn't say whether Jesus and Peter walked to the shore or whether they got back in the boat. We don't know that, but we know he got to the shore. So Jesus saved him. Even when fear comes, if you'll do what God's telling you to do, he will make a way. You know, the Lord, we were singing holy, holy, holy in worship time. But I want you to stand on your feet with me. And I've asked David and Karen if they will just take us into a place of worship here for a few minutes. And I, I think about how Revelation 
helps us to move forward. I learned a long time ago, and as I said for the last couple of weeks, Satan's been trying to torment me about my age of stepping forward and stepping out in faith and making a big step of faith financially for the church, the ministry. But in, in doing this, I look back at these things that I just said. God always provides where there's no way to provide. He always makes a way. And as I've said, we've never, the Lord has never failed us. In any situation we've ever been in, when our daughter was dying, there she sits right over there. When our son was killed, he went to heaven. God gave us the strength to go on. So I have learned, and I say this from time to time, not just to have a statement, but we must let God, His revelation be greater than our present circumstances. If the revelation of who God is is in us during our circumstances, if that revelation is there, no matter what environment that we're placed in, God will be greater to you in that place. Even when you can't see it. There's been times we couldn't see it. When, when our son was killed, who could understand that? Who could understand Al going home to be with Jesus? Who could understand that? In the flesh we can't, but our revelation must be greater than our present circumstances. He will help you if you'll be still and know that He is God. And we're not singing that song, but I've chosen another one, the Revelation song. I want us to really worship the Lord here.
could just step out of your seat and come down here close to me. I know if you'll just push those seats on the front row back a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just come on down close to the front. That's it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Maida. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think sometimes when we come to the house of God, we get in a religious mode and say, they sing, they receive an offering, they preach, and we go home. But really, this is the place to leave it all outside and be still. And say, Jesus, help me to keep hold in your hand. I know you're going to hold mine, but somehow help me to understand that and see that. I don't care who we are. I don't care how great a faith preacher we have in the world. They're all human beings. We see Elijah after he had called fire down from heaven. Burn up the sacrifices with 12 barrels of water poured on the wood and the sacrifice and the fire fell from heaven and he killed the prophets of Baal the next day afraid of Jezebel discouraged and depressed he began to run we're just human beings it's got emotions it's got feelings that Satan tries to bluff his way and if he can bluff us into believing his thoughts and his words that he puts in our mind, then we miss the blessings of God. 
But look how God loved Elijah when Elijah was at the end of his road and running for his life. God sent an angel and baked him some bread. God said to you this morning, tell him, I'm baking on bread. I'm baking on bread. I'm even with you when you're running. I didn't forsake you when you're running. He's not embracing fear. He's embracing you. He's embracing you. So we, we, we see the story of Elijah, how he went on and was in the cave. And God called him outside. There was an earthquake. All that noise wasn't God. The wind wasn't God. But all at once, things got still. And when things were still, Elijah heard the voice of God. Right now, God's talking to somebody. And Mark, son, I'm just holding your hand. But I'm telling you one thing, there's something going into you right now. Somebody, somebody right now, receive from God right now. This is the time to be still and drink from that fountain. Eat that cake that God has just baked for you right now. Come on, everybody, let's enter into his presence. Enter into his presence. Enter into his presence. Enter into his presence. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. God gave me a language to communicate with Him. I don't understand what I'm saying sometimes. You don't understand when I do it publicly. Satan doesn't understand it, but only God. And according to Romans 8, 27, the Spirit knows the mind. God knows the mind of the Spirit. And He begins to intercede through us. Pray in the will of God. We cannot pray emotional prayers, selfish prayers, when we're praying in the Holy Ghost. And I don't care to do it over the air. And whoever's watching, wherever they're watching, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of the power of God. I could refrain. I could refrain. I don't want to refrain. I'm stepping out today. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. Greater is He that's within you than He that's within the world. Father, I thank You for today. Thank You for every person that's in this room. I thank You for every person that's watching and that will watch later. And I believe they're being touched. 
Deborah Brown, I don't know if you're watching or not. I don't know if you're watching Deborah Brown from over in Georgia. I did get your message. I did get your message. I haven't had a chance to answer back. God sees your heart. He sees your need. Whether you're watching or not, I'm praying for you. I've been praying for you. Others, I'm praying for you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just close us, David and Karen, all of you? Let's just worship the Lord. Just leave us on the air for another 40, 45 seconds or a minute. I know you've touched me.